Yeah, obviously um, playing winning football, uh, taking care of the football, uh, average points per drive. I mean, I, I, those questions just answer themselves, you know? I mean, yeah, that, uh, they're both really strong um, and they train train themselves to be that way. Um, and they both have the natural God-given. My focus is on the upcoming game versus school down the road. And that's where my concentration on my focus is. And I really appreciate that you understanding that. Good afternoon. Dennis Fithian with this uh, afternoon live on Tuesday, the 26th. There you heard from uh, Jim Harbaugh and Mel Tucker, the head coaches of Michigan and Michigan State. Thanks uh, to mgoblue.com and msuspartans.com for the the audio of both Coaches taking center stage uh, yesterday doing their news conferences in anticipation of the big matchup for the first time ever. The two teams will play uh, as they are are ranked in the top 10. Um, That pretty much says it all when it comes down to it here. And uh, we'll talk about uh, uh, both of these coaches. Also, uh, some of the pressing things uh, on the Michigan side. I keep looking at the uh, the quarterback rotation, how they'll divvy up the snaps, and uh, how that will end up playing itself out. Will it factor into the game? It's being talked about quite a bit. Oh, how much is it uh, really going to be a factor coming up on Saturday? I'll give you uh, my, my thoughts on uh, MSU. Uh, I talked to a former Michigan player. I'll tell you what he had to say about uh, the game coming up on Saturday and where uh, he's at. And I also have uh, a couple features for you, including the memorabilia minute and the Michigan recruiting spotlight. That is all ahead. And you'll hear that audio again uh, as well as we get things going. And, you know, I listened to both coaches uh, this morning talk and uh, Harbaugh right off the bat was asked about, you know, the th- this game and, you know, kind of I'll just paraphrase. Yeah, can he take time to reflect and everything else? And uh, his answer, he used it uh, multiple times in that presser was that uh, those questions just answer themselves. So any question you, you have, like uh, like if you were thinking, you know, what question would you ask Jim Harbaugh? And if it came down to asking him about uh, this rivalry, how important it is, how important it is uh, for the rest of Michigan season, how important it is on the recruiting front, how important it is really for everything, considering uh, that both teams are sitting here at seven and zero, and and Harbaugh just played the uh, those questions. Will just answer th- themselves. So you know, I I get that. You know, sometimes you're looking for a nice, uh, tasty uh, audio bite, or you know, just something that you know, quote if you're in the the newspaper. But you know, TV and in radio, you're just looking for that 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 money piece of sound, like. And, you know, he came pretty close, pretty close. You know, hey, big game. We're ready, we're ready to get after it in practice. Those answers are going to uh, reveal themselves. Or how did he put it? Those questions just answer themselves. So, you know, that that was Jim Harbaugh. You know, he was asked about how his tight ends are playing. And, and you know, that, that was, uh, you know, I could see that. You know, Eric All could be, he looks like he has the, the kind of versatility. You've know, seen a little bit in the run game and, Kind of guy that, uh, even though he's a tight end at his size, you know, you think about being a a big time pass catcher. And we had heard so much about all heading into last year, and then 
you know, he dropped too many balls. And then it was kind of the same thing in the off season when you were talking with people that had seen some of the practices and you know, most of them are coming away saying, you know what? Uh, 83, 83 is a real game changer. And you know, 83 had a pretty good game this past game against Northwestern. And, you know, down the line there, uh, 86, uh, Luke Schoonmaker, pretty good against Nebraska. He's a big target there. So, you know, listen to Harbaugh talk about his tight ends, how they they could factor in. I saw the uh, the tight end uh, from Michigan State where he fits into the, uh, you know, snap total for Mel Tucker and everything. But he was the guy at Indiana that came in, threw the ball to Peyton Thorne, you know, the, the miraculous throw with heat on him and the miraculous catch. And then a couple plays later, you know, Hunt was in the end zone catching a touchdown. Uh, that's on the the MSU side. But, you know, I, I, listening to uh, Harbaugh talk about uh, Andrell Anthony. My focus is on oh. the upcoming game. Okay, that's that's Mel Tucker. I hit the wrong button there. Uh, listening to Jim Harbaugh talk about the true freshman from Lansing, Andrell Anthony, and he got some burn. I was speculating yesterday, he got some burn against Northwestern. I was uh, talking yesterday about you know if there's a if there's a trick under Harbaugh ski, uh, sleeves up his sleeves, and you know maybe it'll come down to number one. And so I was looking today to see uh, if Anthony in high school had played quarterback. You know maybe he was option quarterback or something. I, I didn't see that. And then I was wondering which one of these wide receivers of Dalen Baldwin or Cornelius Johnson or, or AJ Henning and hopefully Roman Wilson. We don't know about that. That seemed like that would be a pretty big, pretty big deal. If, if uh, Michigan would be able to get back Wilson considering uh, the steps that he had taken and, and how he had emerged before he got hurt with that wrist injury. But it's it just a, a gut feel here on a Tuesday that Anthony just as they're, you know, sprinkling these guys in, bringing them along that, um, you know, they might have some something, uh, a, a special rep, you know, for Anthony. Oh, he looked good last game. He's getting more time, the most time that he's gotten. It was a big game, you know, for our, uh, relatively speaking. You, see, you get ready for Michigan State, but he's from East Lansing, and, you know, here you go. And, you know, as I was listening, I was kind of toggling back and forth with the news conference uh, with Harbaugh, pulling some of the sound and, and, I kind of caught the answer in the middle when he was talking about Anthony, but it was the same. I I thought, Oh, this is a a nice piece of sound of him talking about JJ McCarthy. Cause he was like, yeah, a little bit more every game. We got a plan. You know, this is on the to-do list. Uh, We'll give it him a little bit more as we go. We're going to continue to do that. And I thought it was kind of the same thing he's saying about uh, JJ McCarthy and, you know, from, uh, the the freshman the true freshman factor in this game for Michigan. Uh, do I think uh, Donovan Edwards Edwards would would be, you know, f- somebody that would be in the plans there for something special? I don't. Now considering how well Hassan Haskins and Blake Corm are doing in a one two punch, you know, no, I, I don't think it's going to be Donovan Edwards. But I just mentioned Anthony, and the other guy, of course, that um, could factor in. And how much is is J.J. McCarthy? Now, there's a part of this where you could say if you see too much of J.J. McCarthy, it might it's, it could be bad news for Michigan. And, and, yeah, I mean, you could script it out where if I'm sitting here telling you that it's uh, a seventh, if Spartans jump up, Michigan, 
they haven't trailed this year, so they haven't been in this situation where they have to worry about you know how uh Cade McNamara is going to play. Let's say you know they're I don't know down seventeen nothing, and they get to half, and you know McNamara is um you know just not, doesn't look like he's playing well, and you know you for for this exercise down seventeen to nothing, you could you could buy into that. So McCarthy coming in, I, I think that it's reasonable. Then you could say, hey, you know you might see McCarthy. Uh, to try to provide Michigan uh, with something, some kind of sparks to change at, at QB, uh, desperation, whatever you'd want to say. And so, yeah, that would, you know, that's that's not what you want if you're a Michigan fan. Like you, you might, if you're in the McCarthy camp, like, hey, he's going to give us, he's the best quarterback, gives us the best chance to win. He's got the highest ceiling. Uh, and, and if you're going to beat Michigan State and go on the road to beat Penn State, uh, you know, think about beating Ohio State. You know, you're going to need the guy that has the most talent. I, I get that argument. You know, on the other side, just uh, thinking about uh, Kate McNamara, and you know, he uh, he does a lot of things well. He's not he's not somebody that really wows you, though. He and, and that's the thing about McCarthy. He's had the two throws against the grain that you know I, the one was crazy across the field, and then he just had the one against Northwestern this last weekend, but you know, he also threw the, the, the picture perfect pass down the sideline that was on the money. And then even against um, Northwestern this past week. Yeah. He threw one that, that went into the ground. You could say, you know, I, what was he doing there? But he threw another one across the field that when he stood in there, you're just like, man, this guy, that's, it's just a big league arm. And, you know, McNamara, the, the ball could get there or whatever, you know, and, and but he's got the, he does have a little bit of an odd delivery. There's three quarter, you know, sidearm or whatever it is, kind of how he shoots it out of there. Uh, you know, maybe that's something that doesn't, you know, give you great confidence as somebody that's uh, watching him. And if you're a Michigan fan, but you know, all the things, not taking sacks, getting the team into the right play, knowing the plays. I mean, I, I was talking a lot about this yesterday, not to repeat all of that, but it was one thing that Jim Harbaugh was asked about in his news conference pretty quick about, look, you know, people are talking about Cade. He does this, he does that. What are some of the things that Cade does that the average fan might not see? This is courtesy of mgoblue.com. Yeah, obviously um, playing winning football, uh, taking care of the football, uh, average points per drive and others. Average points per drive. <laughs> I don't know. Like, uh, I, I was thinking about, should I go and look at every drive that I mean, who are we comparing it to? What are we comparing it to there? I actually hadn't been over average points uh, per drive. You know, the biggest one, you know, they're, they're seven and oh, and you know, that is part of it. You, you get something going. You do, do you feed off of your record? Uh, you know, how you've played through camp into the season, not all through these seven games, you know, like, uh, do they have something going here? That is something to it. And, you know, for, for Cade, uh, I, I was looking at the, the snap counts against Northwestern, 75 to 14. Nebraska, it was 78 to 6. Wisconsin, 62 to 10. Uh, you know, Cade taking the 62 snaps, 10 for J.J. So it's been 14, 6, and 10 in the last three games for McCarthy. He didn't play at all against Rutgers. And then in the non-conference, he didn't play against uh, Washington, but had 23 snaps and, and 26 snaps against uh, Northern Illinois and Western. So, uh, you know, he has gotten his foot in there. I know, you know, some people, myself included, I, I would have liked to have seen him air it out a little bit more and 
go through progressions a little bit more and, you know, try some different things. Now where he's comfortable, if you're in practice during the week, it is uh, that if I was at the news conference, that might've been a question I'd have thrown at Harbaugh and he might've said, look, I'm not going to tell you what we're doing at practice and uh, reveal too much of our game plan, but say, Hey Jim, how much of the playbook, if, if you know, this Cade compared to uh, McCarthy, is there, is there a discrepancy there? Is could JJ do everything? And you know, and just to see where he would come up with with that answer again, he'd probably say that uh, you know both guys are out there practicing, and you know he would say something nondescript like that. But that would be a question that I would fire at uh, at Harbaugh there. Some of the other things here with um, about just how big of a game it is, and you know the must win and recruiting, and just uh, the Big Ten East and. <laughs> The one time he was asked by a reporter, you know, how big of a boost this would be. And it was big. And then he's like, how big? You know, the guy followed up, which was kind of funny. He made Harbaugh laugh, but then Harbaugh actually gave his best answer. So talking about, you know, going undefeated with the Big Ten East, you know, college football playoff championship. And, uh, you know, it, it goes to show that sometimes just a, a simple follow up and, and something that you might others might feel uncomfortable. Like, you know, what's what are you following up there for? I like guess pretty. uh uh, you know, you know, you're not really going to get anything. And sometimes it does, you know, just on the, from the, the media side, but uh, more than, more than two, three, you know, it's, it's at least three Harbaugh, when it came down to the magnitude of this game answered uh, this way. I mean, I, I, those questions just answer themselves, you know, I mean, yeah, it, uh, excited to be in the position we're in um, and ready to start practice, ready to roll and get, uh, Get our preparation for huge game on Saturday. You know, if you're somebody that's a, a fan of Michigan or Michigan State and you just look at this game and big games, you know, you go through your list of all the things that are important in big games from of turning the ball over, running the ball, team that runs the ball best. In this series, uh, I remember for the longest time it was um, – Getting up to 30 years, I think it was something 29 of 30. It might even have been 34 of 35. The team that runs the ball best ended up uh, winning the game. It, it's still in a in a heavy, um, lopsided um, total on the team that that runs the ball best, but not so much in the in the past few years. But when you look at the dynamics uh, of this game here. Michigan with their two backs and Blake Corum and Hassan Haskins and then Kenneth Walker the third who leads the country with 142 yards per game and you know Harbaugh talking about how he's just so good uh, yards um, after contact and you know looking at the two games that Michigan State were where they were in the biggest battle was at was against um, Nebraska which went to to overtime and then at Indiana. And in both of those games, Kenneth Walker, not that he was handled, but he had four yards per carry. So if you're looking for some numbers there, going to Kenneth Walker, you know, tackling yards after contact. Well, if you can get him down and and tackle in space, you know, that's going to be one of the things. And as you look, there's probably about 20 things that you talk about in any big football games, but considering Kenneth Walker is, uh, is really good at catching the ball, running between the tackles. He can bounce it outside. He really can do it all. Being able to get him on the ground and tackle in space is going to be an utmost of utmost importance uh, in this game. So I'm going to put that pretty high 
up on my list here. Now on the Michigan side, and I'm going to hear, you know, Harbaugh, the longest answer that he had in his news conference yesterday when he was asked about his two running backs and what makes them special. And I'll let you hear that, but it's also going to be a, a strength on strength when you're talking about inside and you know, Michigan really all football teams, when they, they think about being able to win at the line of scrimmage and low man wins and being able to run the ball, short yarded situations, whether it's uh, down on the goal line or third and short or, or fourth and short, trying to pick that up. Now being able to get that push up front and you know, here's the thing, and it's you know the unknown going into this game. Michigan had two of their their guards, their starters. They've had some versatility with guys like Carson Barnhart pitching in there, but Michigan's best offensive line has Zach Zinter at right guard, and it has Trevor Keegan at left guard. Now, both of those guys missed last week's game. Where they're trending, how that's going to work. We're making some calls, see if I can get some feel on that coming up towards Saturday. But, you know, even the people that know, they don't really want to say anything about that anyways. But if we're looking at uh, of the unknown part, like Michigan's best offensive line, I mean, getting him back, Zinter, at right guard, and you look at State. Now, Henderson's a really good safety, but right there in the middle of their defense, They've got a good rotation of, of tackles. That's also where uh, Panashuk is at, Jacob Panashuk. And this is where it's um, MSU strong at tackle. So that's one of the factors going into this game. When it comes down, you know, the health of Roman Wilson and then Trevor Keegan and Zach Zinter. You know, so there you're at. But you know Michigan likes to uh, run the ball up the middle. Here was the effusive praise from Jim Harbaugh when he was asked about his two backs, Haskin and Corum, and just what makes those guys so good. Thanks to mgoblue.com for the audio. They're both really strong, um, and they train train themselves to be that way. Um, and they both have the natural God-given ability, you know, the things that running backs crawl out of the crib, having um, athletic ability, balance, um, innate ability to, you know, see, just see the hole and, you know, um, balance and con contort their bodies. Uh, just, you know, it's, it's amazing, you know, kind of things you, you wish you had yourself. Um, and a tenacity too. I'm a, a real, a real drive, you know, I mean, just two high drive individuals that have a will not be denied mentality. Um, also, you know, very uh, tremendous attributes to have. I mean, just respect the heck out of both of them and think they're both true football players. No, no higher compliment you can give a football player. All right. Uh, yeah, you're going to talk. You're going to talk up your your two running backs that have been fantastic. I mean, right now this is uh, this is Michigan football. This is where it starts. If you're explaining like somebody that just came back, from, I don't know, overseas, cave, whatever, and said, "What's up with Michigan? They're seven and zero. Well, they've really been pounding the rock, and uh, it it really started the grounded pound against Washington. They ran the ball for you know, 345 yards and they just kept running. 
And even when the crowd was groaning towards the half and coming out the second half, they kept running the ball. Now, you know, I got to the Rutgers uh, game into the second half, even though they were up 20 to three at the half, Michigan's first series there, they were faced with a third and 13 and they ran the ball. Now, you know, that's where I was like, okay, you, you know, you're not, you're not going to be able to run rough shot and, and, you know, running the ball all the time, even in the big Ted play and a third and 13, but you know, there you go. That That is what Michigan wants to do. And I don't think Michigan's going to come out with a game plan saying, you know what? They're expecting us to run the ball, so let's throw it. I, I, I don't think they're going to do that. Let's set up the set up the run with the pass. Let's have Cade coming out, slinging it. Well, what if they jam everybody up on the line? What if they have the safeties up there and they dare Michigan to throw the ball? Well, you know what? Well, then they should throw the ball. So I changed my uh, – I changed my – my thought there. Although it's almost like I don't I don't care what state does. And this is I think it gets back to, to scripting the plays. I don't know how many plays Michigan has, has scripted at the beginning. Another good question for not Jim Harbaugh who wouldn't answer that question, but for somebody else like in a rivalry game or or like this game right here. They got their first five plays scripted. So what does it matter? I mean do you, you have a an option if they're jamming everybody and they put the safeties right up there. Cause I, I'm thinking that Michigan is going to run the ball off tackle to Haskins right, right over the left side uh, to start this game. That's where like, you know, if uh, you know, these gambling sites, what's the, if you could play, you probably maybe can do this, you know, what's the first play going to be. And if you really narrowed it down a, a run to Haskins for two yards to the left, that's what I think is happening. That's what, now the script isn't saying just run for two yards, but all right. You know where I'm at there. All right. One of the things, and this is a little bit of the, the rivalry part. You know, if you're a Michigan state fan, you say things that you feel like are going to hurt or rile up your opponent the most. This is fan stuff. And, and I noticed uh, uh, today when I was talking with my friend and, you know, he's a big Spartan guy. And I'm like, well, so what do you think? He's like, you know, he, he took a shot and he said, I don't know. I, I feel pretty good because state's at home and, and, you know, Michigan really doesn't perform well on the road against top 25 teams, certainly against top 10 teams, which is true. You know, remember they, they finally Michigan, I say finally got that win on the road against Michigan state. The last time they were in East Lansing, the state was like right at 25 that got in there. And then technically last year, Michigan was on the road in their two win season, they actually beat Minnesota who was 20, but you know, it was like, eh, Michigan state was barely 25 Minnesota sucked. So, you know, that was preseason poll. That didn't really ah, like they got, they got their, uh, they got their two dubs there, but a top 10 W uh, 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 against a team ranked in the top 10 on the road. Yeah. Yeah. You know, if, if Michigan could go on the road and, and have beaten Penn state when they're in the top 25, obviously Ohio state over the past few years, everything, most everything would be different now as we sit here and talk. So yeah, uh, I get that part. Harbaugh and, Michigan's record on the road against ranked opponents. Fair enough. On the other side, I think the shoveling of that Michigan state right here is about losing your coach and about that LSU job. And it's, it's uh, likely, you know, Jimbo Fisher is, is the, the lead candidate for that job. 
Do you know what? If Mel Tucker comes up, let's just say he beats Michigan and uh, uh, Penn State, let's say, you know, they only lose one game. It, it's, I think it would be a, a, a real chance that LSU would want uh, Mel Tucker then. You know, you want to you want a coach that the fan base you know can feel like man we're we're getting a we're getting a hot coach man we're getting somebody who and you know what Mel Tucker man last year all those different players really over the two years the way these turned over the roster these guys hitting the portal and him bringing in these transfers and and being able to fit them out there he's done a heck of a job like he didn't even know the guys names last year and and, and got him out there and after the first game which was a disaster against Rutgers of course they. You know, they're able to beat Michigan. This year speaks for itself. So if he has success, do I think it's a, a reality that um you know that that he could leave for Baton Rouge? I do. And also it is a little bit of zinger towards Michigan State, like your coach is going to be gone. But if he has success, that the more success that Michigan State has this year, the more likely that LSU would make a run at him. I mean, there is that chance. So, you know, trying to say, well, I don't think he would ever leave. He likes all oh, the, the money. He's just to say, ah, he's got a better chance to, it's a higher profile job. Uh, he could win a championship there. Uh, he would get more money, but, you know, I, I think he's going to have to win. He's not going to be able to drop too many games. Not like, you know, it's great right now, 7-0. and Yeah, you know, I'm down at LSU saying, man, you got uh, Mel Tucker out there. We went up and got Nick Saban the last time. That worked out pretty good. We went up to East Lansing, saw those things factor in. But Mel Tucker was asked, of course, about that job opening. And here's how he responded, thanks to MSUSpartans.com. My focus is on the upcoming game versus school down the road. And that's where my concentration on my focus is. And I really appreciate that you understanding that. Yeah, so you say there's a chance, Mel. What you're saying, you know, it's some people say, well, why don't you just come out if you have no intentions? Because that's not that's not what you want to do as a head coach. At the very least, you know what you can do. Like if if Mel Tucker, if he's talking with his wife and his kids, and they were just saying, well, I mean, we just love it here. Let's stay here forever. Mel Tucker still, it would be smart for him. Let's say they do have you know some fabulous season. It's fabulous right now. But if it stayed that way, you know, you you get a raise. And if it's not for yourself and, you know, you're always going to be looking to, and you know, you have a great season, well, you want to get into the top 10 or you want to get into the top five in terms of salaries or in the big 10 or whatever else. But, you know, it's also for your assistance or, uh, you know, the, the sound system of the football stadium, which I saw people complaining about this week at, up in East Lansing. Say, Hey, let, you know, drop a couple mil on the, on the sound system. Let's get a, Let's get the scoreboard where, you know, it, it looks like we're here in 2021, not in, you know, 1995. I don't know. I haven't seen the Spartan uh, scoreboard, but the sound system, I know people are complaining about. Yeah, bigger weight room, more uniforms, uh, better uniforms, better this, better that. So all of that, it's, it's a good leverage play uh, until it hurts you in recruiting. But you know what? These guys, like, they, uh, they'll they tell you anything in recruiting. Uh, and it's Michigan's on the same way anyway. Mel Tucker's like, look, I'm staying here forever. What are you guys talking about? I'm going to be here. And, you know, those guys, if you're a recruit that is considering Michigan State, you probably got another half dozen D1 scholarships. I mean, yeah, you, you might pick with a coach. And they tell these guys, you know, pick the school too. Make sure you're picking the school because this guy can be gone. Same thing with Harbaugh last year. Harbaugh, guys, 
if it was the signing day and Harbaugh wasn't didn't want side to an extension, you know, he could have been gone to the Bears or and gone anywhere. And those guys would have all been like, wait, Harbaugh was telling us he was gonna be here. So uh it happens and it is something. Could it be a distraction? Didn't sound like a distraction there. It doesn't sound like it's something that the opponent is going to talk. Michigan fans are going to talk about and needle Michigan state fans. Of course that's going to happen right now. But in reality, state fans have to know if they have a great season, there's a possibility that, um, you know, Mel Tucker could go or she could say Mel Tucker goes out there and just wins or just loses one game or gets to the, you know, the uh, gets to Indy or gets to the college football playoff. And like, Hey, why not just stay here? You'll get the money and everything else. All right. We've got um, a two features to bring you, daily features. And the, the first one is just a fun segment that I call the the Michigan. I'm sorry. It is the Michigan Memorabilia Minute today. But it's the Memorabilia Minute. I sit here in the... Peach Mountain Studios, and I look around, and I got a lot of got a lot of memorabilia sitting within arm's reach. So I've just started, and I go elsewhere down where the transmitter and everything else is for the down to the basement dungeon where the transmitter and everything is for the Peach Mountain Studio. Oh, I got a lot more memorabilia there, so uh, I should be able to at least pull one thing uh, a day to talk about. And when I do, starting um, on Monday, I'll be on YouTube. So not only will you be able to listen, you'll be able to watch the afternoon live. And today, I just found this digging around in, in back of me. It is a it is a card that I can see if I look on the back. I had to put my reading glasses on. 2002 TK Legacy. I must have got this card when I worked in Ann Arbor. It says, congratulations, you have just received a hand-drawn Michigan sketch card. So it's a, you know, your typical baseball or football card. This, But this was uh, somebody who sketched 250 of these. Uh, I can see his name, Pablo, it says on it. It's Tom. It's a Tom Harmon sketch card. And I have card 83 of 250. So there's only 250 of these made. But it's a pretty cool looking, like, if you're a big-time Michigan fan, and one of the three Wolverines that uh, won the Heisman, old uh, number 98, the sketch. I mean, it is a cool sketch card. Tom Harmon. I, I looked on eBay right before to see, like, maybe they say, hey, it's worth $1,000. I would guess, you know, anywhere between, you know, 2 and $10. You know, maybe it could be worth a little bit more, but I don't know. Looks like it's in pretty good shape. But it's cool. It's a cool card. That's the memorabilia minute a sketch card 83 of 250 tom Harmon. maybe somebody's out there saying i'll give you 100 for it all right yeah uh, contact me at dennis fithian my dms are open i'm also by the way on although i don't use it much instagram let's start taking more pictures i, I go there once in a while but i i normally just use uh twitter so you can find me there at Dennis Fithian. It's now time for the Michigan recruiting spotlight. Every day I'll spotlight something, put some work in. And uh, uh, today in the spotlight, I can tell you that Michigan is sitting with uh, 18 football commitments. 
They ranked number 17 in the country, one five-star and four four-stars. And I was talking with a friend of mine today who watched uh, Bally Sports because they play high school games. They do play high school games. They have been doing that. But they had uh, Southfield A&T, which I was not familiar with, but Southfield A&T has a wide receiver named Tashi Braceful. Awesome name. And he is in the 2024 class. So if we're recruiting coming up, these seniors right now, uh, they will be freshmen in 2022. Junior 20. This is a sophomore at Southfield A&T, Tashi Braceful. He had 11 catches for 167 yards and two touchdowns against River Rouge. And just taking a look, I haven't seen the, I don't, I don't know when they start ranking the class of 2024. Maybe they already do. Maybe you've already heard of him, but remember the name. It's a catchy one. And he's here locally. And I watched one minute of highlights. And as a sophomore, I don't know how much more, he, he, if he grows into, he, he looked like Randy Moss out there as a sophomore against the high school competition. But wherever his speed is at, he uh, he passed the look test in one minute and had some numbers and had somebody who knows a little bit about football telling me, like, this kid was dominant. Remember the name. So I'm putting it here on the Michigan Recruiting Spotlight. Remember the name, Tashi Bracefield, Southfield A&T, 2024. He is just a sophomore in high school. How about that? All right, before I uh, move on just for a minute here, I've talked to a former player right before I came on to do this podcast. And uh, as I was talking with him, I just jotted down a little bit of what he was saying. And I said, uh, well, what do you think about the game on Saturday? The guy said, well, they can't beat themselves. These are two teams that are pretty close here. You know, can't be not beating yourself. That equates to you know, turning the ball over. So I would agree with that. Guy also said, you know, when they get down there towards the goal line, what he has seen as a former offensive lineman as well, not the one that I was talking with um, on Saturday. So I guess the, the last two players that I've spoke with have both uh, been former Michigan offensive linemen. Uh, this one says uh, they need, they go back and look at the film. They're not going to like their technique down on the goal line. And, you know, he was talking about low man winning down there, but they really needed to, needed to come off the line better and they to win that line of scrimmage. And, you know, he saw some, some errors in technique. Uh, the center getting turned around one time down there. He said they're going to have to clean that up. That's going to be one of the big focuses in practice this week, the technique in short line or short yardage situation down there on the goal line. Meanwhile, on the defensive side, this guy, former player, thinks that uh, this game is going to be won with uh, the linebackers and their ability or inability to tackle in space. Uh, the linebackers, he said, after this game, if you come away and people are saying that the linebackers were plus players in this game, talking about Josh Ross and Nikhil, uh, Nikai Hill-Green and uh, Ajabo and, and Junior Colson, if we're talking about those guys and they had a plus game, probably going to be a good day for Michigan. Uh, this player also said that he thinks that that Mike Morris isn't getting enough play. That Mike Morris has uh, been fantastic and hasn't been mentioned as much. And he said he thought uh, Nebraska was doing some things with the Michigan linebackers. They they found a formation to attack uh, with the linebackers, and it's something that um, if Michigan State 
I was talking yesterday about uh, the screen game, and he was saying that yeah, he, he's the the running backs they were scheming something up that they found in the second half against the Michigan linebackers. So, you know, something uh, to keep an eye if they can ISO the linebackers, uh, the running backs, and get them down the field. Maybe you're talking about Walker then. Remember the one against Nebraska, kind of slipped out from the left side of the formation, went all the way over to the right side of the sideline, and they hit him up the sideline. You know, Walker's pretty good on screens. He's also somebody that can fly down uh, the sideline. So that could be something. He thinks that um, that's going to be also a big key for Michigan this week as well. One, down there in the goal line, their technique. Two, linebackers tackling in space. Three, Whatever the formation to attack, it has been trying to get these linebackers in ISO situations. That would be a third one. And, you know, talking about the uh, the quarterbacks here, and then I talked a little bit about McCarthy and how much they'll get him in. And I think the, uh, the obvious one is they need a spark and they're down. But one thing, if uh, you'd like to see a little bit more from Cade McNamara, some games like his, you know, the intermediate throws there and then the deep balls there, him being able to put it all together. Can he throw the ball with anticipation better? As it, there, there have been some throws here where, you know, you're just talking about the, the timing and the, the routes marrying up with the passes and all of that. It's very complicated from, you know, your, your average fan like us, you know, watching this to, to them get on the same page and to be able to execute it. But it, uh, a, a little bit tick behind and being able to throw with, with a little bit better anticipation for Cade McNamara is something that this former player was talking about. That made a little bit of sense to me as uh, I thought about him throwing the football. And uh, I, I think the other thing, and this is not something I talked about with the player, but just going back and and, and watching a game, the, the wide receivers routes, there were a couple routes. I was thinking of one where, where Baldwin was coming back and you're, th I'm thinking, you know, what kind of route is this? It was, it was kind of like a semi curl route to the sideline where the, the wide receiver was just kind of coming back as a, in, on a curl on the sideline. Like there's no way that that's a, that's some kind of a designer. That was a bad route. So I, I don't know if it broke off and then it was like, uh, okay, let me try to do something else to, you know, to bail out the quarterback. I don't know, but that was something that, that jumped out to me uh, watching a little bit of the, uh, the tape. So that's where I'm at. Um, when it comes down to uh, this game coming up on Saturday, we'll keep it rolling all the way up Wednesday live, Thursday live, Friday live. Don't forget coming up. On uh, uh, Monday, we'll get the video cranked up. We'll be talking uh, about Michigan and Michigan State. That's for sure. Coming up when we kick things off on Monday when we have the video going. So uh, thank you for uh, for watching, listening to this uh, podcast. If you made it all the way through, you are uh, – I'm going to give you a big thumbs up here because, uh, you know, you had 40 minutes of me just spitting nonstop and listening to my voice for that long. I give you credit and I thank you. All right. That is going to do it. I'll talk at you tomorrow. Have a great day. See ya.